stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I'm leaving. Hello and welcome everyone. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 87 and I am Tani Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin. Back again, we both are to debunk the junk, those BS stories that we often make up in our various emotional states that don't really do anything positive for us. Uh, so this show is about getting rid of those, connecting with more ease and resilience and all the good things in life. Right, Tani? More of the good stuff, right? <laughs> More of the good More stuff. More of the good stuff. Right. So we're, we're, we're back again to talk about something else, which we'll get to in just a minute. In the meantime, thank you so much for spending this next half hour with us. If you're listening live, good morning. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, thank you so much for subscribing and for leaving us a review. And remember, you can get this wherever you get your podcast. You can also get video feed versions of these episodes at our YouTube channel, Breaking Up With Our BS. We have a Facebook group of the same name. Tawny has a six-week self-mastery course at, at unperfectyourself.com where you can apply all these things that we talk about on the show in the context of your own life over, over a six-week period and see what it does for you. And then every second Saturday of the month, Tawny and I offer a free Zoom one-hour workshop that introduces any of you who want to join to some of these practices. We'll answer any questions that you might have Really, there's just a whole lot of options, and there's more on the way. So um, it's getting tougher and tougher for me, Tony, to cover all of that in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job. Uh, you do well, a great th job. Thank you. So Thank you. Full, full of wind, mm -hmm. I am, I guess. So uh, nevertheless. All right. So, Tony, <laughs> how are you? Good. Good. It's, we're having a heat wave here. Mm -hmm. I love the sun. Mm -hmm. So can't complain about any of it. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I know. After so How about many, yourself? the same, the same. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the warmer weather and the sunnier weather in particular. And, and, you know, the other day um, I made sure I got outside in the nice weather and I walked barefoot in the grass, which we talked a little bit about last week as a way to connect with things. And then when the rain front came through the other night to get you know, on the other end of the heat wave, I stood out in the rain on my deck for about 15 minutes. It was like I was in some rom-com, nice. but there was, there was no roming or no calming going on, <laughs> but it was, it was fabulous. So, um, I, it was a, it was a good week in that sense. Nice. You were getting your rain shower then. That's huh? right. That's right. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Awesome. So yeah, now it came, that, that stemmed out directly from our conversation last week about listening to ourselves and just those real practical ways that we can really reconnect with ourselves and with, with nature and all those things that give us a better compass point for where we're going than these BS stories. So, um, so from there, mm -hmm. uh, Tawny, I, where do we want to go? Stepping off of that into a, a new episode. What do you feel like talking about today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, a couple of things came up over the last week. Um, the, uh, uh, the thoughts or experiences of simplicity came up a few times and that got me thinking about, the difference between simplicity and complexity and how we like to make things super complicated <laughs> so that we can solve them and feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> and that creates a lot of undue stress and struggle that maybe we don't need to carry. 
I don't know. What are your what are your what comes up for you when I say that? Oh, a lot of a lot of laughing at myself because I can relate to some of that. I remember you and I having conversations about that um, uh, back in the day, and and also just I I think that's a great topic because over over complicating or making things complex when they don't need to be is such a huge source of fuel for BS stories because. The more complex we make it, the more threads we make up, the more potential rabbit holes we can run down, and the more that can take us away from the reality of whatever emotion we're feeling in the moment, minus the stories. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even more than that, right? Like, certainly, stuck in our thinking space, we can do all of the what if and then that and how about this and what of that and did I do right? Did I not? Am I a failure? Am I like we certainly we can do all of that. But there's something about um, how we tend to value what looks to be more complicated mm-hmm. than sim- simple. Mm-hmm. Right. When we take a look at things, if it's simple, we t- tend to go, oh, I don't need to pay much attention to it. Um, let me go and think more about this complicated thing. <laughs> and 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 so certainly the more complicated we stay in our headspace and think, 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 think. And um, we don't, you know, that sim- simplicity offers us a little bit of a break mm-hmm. from all of the distraction and the and the thinking and the escaping and the blaming and the, you know, analyzing and, and all of those kinds of things. Um, but it's, but that's pretty stimulating and we're all sort of used to being stimulated mentally. So we think we tend to overvalue that mm-hmm. when compared to something that's simple. Yeah. And, or even not, not accepting that something might be simple. And, and then, like you said, making it more complex than than it needs to be. I mean, how many times, I don't know how many times you've heard it. I've heard it a lot. Well, I need to think on that a little bit more. It, it, it can't be that simple. Is it really that simple? <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and it's, whether it's clients or just people that, you know, I interact with on a regular basis, that's quite, that comes up. It's almost, I think sometimes what happens is, and this has happened with me before, but I think it happens with others. We equate complexity with significance. Like the, if, if we can engage in the complexity of something, that must mean it's a really significant thing. And therefore, it's a really yeah. worthwhile endeavor to dig into the complexity of it in order to, what, master it, get an answer, feel better, feel in control, I think. I mean, because that's, to me, my, my biggest BS stories historically have come from me making up complexity where there didn't need to be. Totally, completely. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, right? Right. Uh, Collectively and individually, we make up complexity instead of just living simply. Like it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So certainly it's at an individual level when we're talking about these BS stories, but certainly how we collectively tend to value certain parts of our lives or certain processes or structures or symptom systems, right? We tend to put a lot more stock or value into the overcomplicated ones than the ones that are simple. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, so we, we can spend a whole lot of time in complex, uh, in a situation where we're, you know, a, a 30 minute conversation could actually be seven minutes 
if we were focused on the simplicity of what really was at the heart of the matter, mm-hmm. we probably didn't need to go round and round and round and round and round and this and that and this and that and this and that. So in, even in couples or people who really care about each other, right, they can spend so much time and then another thing and then another thing, right, and create so much complexity in this moment that we can't even get to sort of the essence or the, the heart of the matter, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the nibbling around the edges in that sense, or, or just pulling in, pulling in stuff, particularly in those relational situations, you know, when, if, if there's resentments that have built up or stories that have been built up and they, all of a sudden you're five or six or seven of those are getting thrown into a conversation. The whole point of what maybe brought up the conversation in the first place gets buried under all of that. And yet we tend to tell ourselves that's what we have to do to quote unquote, get through that problem. And I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's what to me, it's uh, sometimes I think sometimes that's a question about before we have those conversations, to what degree are we really getting grounded in ourselves rather than trying to anticipate how the conversation is going to go? I know that if I'm going to have a difficult conversation, I have to make, I have to get grounded first because otherwise I'm going to make up a million stories about how the conversation is going to go or what will I say if they say this or what will I say if they say that. It's exhausting at the front end before anything's even happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we find ourselves saying, and then I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say this, and I'll just tell them this, and then I'll tell them this. Like all of that is is kind of time-wasted. I'm I mean, unless we're really working on, you know, step by step sort of connection or or um, social skills or something like that. Like there's a there's an important piece to and then I'll say this and then I'll say that. And then if they say this, um, but it has to be a pretty unique situation for that to actually be helpful. Mm-hmm. But we do that all the time. And then I'm going to tell them this and then I'm going to tell them that. And then I'll say this and then hopefully that. And then they said this and then I said this and then, right. <laughs> and so all the while we're sitting in a space with somebody or in relationship with somebody where we're really not at the heart of any matter at all. No. <laughs> we may not even be connecting or just, um, you know, making something usually a little bit more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. Or, you know, feeling, feeling reluctance to get right to it or to, you know, the, the, I've seen it. I've seen it in a lot of cases, you know, the fear of the vulnerability of getting right to the heart of something, you know, and, and again, kind of working around it, bringing up various things. Uh, it's something that uh, I know I wish I'd been better at. I look back at some of the bigger conversations I've had in my life and I can, I, I see that pattern quite a bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to bring in this, 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 and this one really, if it was really about connection and relational moving through and growing, it could be a lot simpler. And I wish it would have been in a lot of cases would have been better off. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think that we, we've been, we've been conditioned to, you know, plan for all the things. If this happens, then that happens. Then this happens sort of that controlling our externals. Mm-hmm. We learned at a young age that that's what we should be doing. So we've spent a whole lot of time trying to do that that overcomplicates things and actually creates more disconnection and stress too. So no time like the present in um, starting to make some shifts around that. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And it's because what ends up happening, it seems to me, is is when we're not getting to the heart of that matter, we're not connecting, then if it's one of two, either connected mode or protected mode, 
there's something about us not getting to the heart of the matter that's protecting or managing or trying to control that outcome rather than really connecting. And everything that comes with connecting, some, you know, unexpected things happen. <laughs> Vulnerable moments happen. Difficult things get said and heard and absorbed that we then have to sit with. Right? So, so that looks different, though, doesn't it, than what, we're, than what we often do. In, the, in those types of conversations. Absolutely, because we weren't ever taught to speak in a transparent and vulnerable manner, um, which would be simpler, mm-hmm. much simpler, right? But we've learned to shy away from discomfort. So we haven't haven't practiced it a whole lot, which makes it unfamiliar, which makes it more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But really, all of the revving ourselves up about all of the things or the stories that stay stuck in our head about, well, that person won't understand if I say it this way anyway, that person doesn't care, that, you know, all of the things that we do instead of just like, well, this is self-awareness is really important, right? Like, well, this is what I'm feeling. This is what needs to be said because again not everything needs to be said either (laughs) right right being able to be clear about what actually needs to be said yeah yeah and when when you have clients yeah when when you have clients you're working with clients on that and with that dynamic because that's part of the temptation too or sometimes that happens a conversation particularly a challenging one comes out and all of a sudden everything that comes to mind starts getting said and that can blow up conversations, you know, and that type of thing. So when you're talking with clients about this, what do they find most challenging or what, what do they have to, what do they have to connect with in order to not do that and get to the heart of the matter and then not and decide what they should and shouldn't say? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that's a great question because, but there's a lot in it. It's pretty complex. Right. You know, what do they have to right? So if, Again, we can all resonate with or relate to this idea that on some level, like we've learned in relationships, well, if we're feeling something, if we're feeling something, we should just be able to say everything we're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So first off, we want to really kind of um, look at that a little bit. You know, what, what is that about? Because if in relationship, we really can say whatever is coming up for us and our feelings based off of all the conditioned stories of what we think is fair and not fair and all the ways in which we've been disrespected or what, you know, all the things we know this, right. Then is that taking care of the relationship part? Mm. Does all of it need to be said over and over and over again in whatever way it feels like it needs to come out, whether that is yelling and, and um, using a particular tone that can be problematic for the other person or whether that's just complete shutdown. Like, okay, I'm done. I'm not talking anymore, right? I just had this kind of a conversation with a couple earlier in the week where uh, we really had to kind of take a relook first of like, is this really what is helpful to just kind of throw up over each other like this for starters, Mm -hmm. right? Before we even get to, well, what really needs to be said? Yeah, yeah. That's hard because I think it, it sometimes what I've seen is going into conversations like that. If you're leading with that idea of got to just get all the f- thoughts, feelings, stories out, 
you know, throwing up all over. <laughs> it makes a mess first. And everybody's a mess. And no one is feeling good. No one is feeling like they can engage in what actually needs to happen. Um, and you're right. I don't think we are taught how to really intentionally prepare and move into conversations like that. I don't think we are. Be- yes. So it goes back to self-awareness. Like how are we really taught to be aware? And that goes back to our listening to ourselves, the last uh, podcast that we yeah. did. Where this is a really important part because part of the processing of it, of intense emotions is about self-awareness. It's not just getting them out. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to look inward and being able to sort of notice um, movement patterns of energy, um, emotional states, where they pop up, how they pop up, when they pop up, mm-hmm. Re- especially if it's in re- a close relationship or related to another person, you know, being able to kind of be our own leader in that. And, and then, and then we start to flush out more easily what really needs to be said and what doesn't Mm -hmm. because we're able to soothe ourselves first. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to me to be key. That self-awareness to the point of knowing that you can keep yourself soothed no matter where this goes, no matter, you know, the feelings that come up, how the conversation goes and then being able to effectively show up and share what needs to be shared from that grounded space. Um, it's remarkable the difference <laughs> when when that happens as opposed to when it doesn't. Um, and it's interesting because in my in my experience, the best and most productive, if we want to call it that, conversations, connected conversations, can feel really connected and have a lot of difficult content in them to to sit with, right? To hear, to share, and yet come out on the other end of it still feeling connected with that person, feeling like it's been productive, even though there was some heaviness to it, some challenges to it. Whereas in other ones, you know, flush it all out, dump it, vomit it, whatever. And it can be more destructive than productive. That's, that's the difference, right? That simplicity from that place of awareness. It seems to suggest that complexity is coming from that thinking space rather than the grounded body space of self-awareness. Yeah, well, absolutely. Right. When, when we're able to soothe ourselves or experience calm, even when we have, you know, stronger feelings, um, things are simpler. We just have more space for greater clarity and we're not in our headspace coming up with all of the what ifs in that moment that are actually revving ourselves up even further. Yeah, it's uh, I'm laughing because I can relate to that so much. The, the what ifs, and then, for me also, hearing something that was that's challenging that then I can turn into a story of that changes everything from this point on. Like whatever I just heard, had you know I gave the power to change everything that was going to happen in the future, rather than it just being something that was shared in this moment, and that things change and people change and opinions change and circumstances change. Making these things bigger, like making these, whatever I learned, the arbiter of everything that comes next. It was such a chronic story for me 
once upon a time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, essentially made this moment way more complex than it needed to be. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's I'm having, as I'm sitting here talking about that, I'm having um, somatic flashbacks. I could feel it in my shoulders <laughs> and in my stomach and in my hands and in my body temperature. It's interesting. I'm recalling what it feels like to amp up, magnify, and accelerate those kinds of stories to make it bigger. Um, wow. Not fun. Well, it's exi- right. Like it's a great example of what happens for all of us when we do that. Mm-hmm. Heart rate increases. Um, we store stress in shoulders. We get really tight and tense and contracted. And, you know, fear stuff pops right on up. And, you know, uncertainty of all the things we thought we could be certain of, you know, all of those things, that discomfort, right? And it sends us into a stress response mm-hmm. right away when we make things more complex than they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's, as we talk about a lot on this show, uh, the simplicity of getting into the body um, and connecting in to the central nervous system that way, into that flow, that flow state. It is simple in the sense of how it works. But we're not, we're not taught that historically how to do that. You know, and that's one of the things that I love about doing this show and all the different, you know, different ways we offer people to connect with this process because it's from that grounded space in the belly, breathing, connected into that, I guess, that flow state. But really can sense what's simp- really what is and what isn't, what's simple and what's complex. And by complex, I mean what's more or less made up. Right. Yeah. I, you know, that the body has information for us that um, can simplify things in ways, but we've got to pay attention and we've got to listen. Um, the grounding and the centering, the um, being able to get underneath the stories of the head in whatever way. Sometimes it's by, you know, doing It's by, okay, do I need to sit in this space and think about this story one more time? Maybe instead I could just go pick some flowers or I could just go take a walk or I could just go to the park or get outside or, or, you know, doing something Mm -hmm. that moves the body, that reminds the body, oh, yeah, body. Um, I, I value you and, and you do have some good, helpful information for me. So this is the time where I could choose to be stuck all up in this thinking space or, you know what, body, um, what do you think we could do? Yeah. Cause that movement has a way of bringing us present, right? It, it has a way of doing yeah. that, you know, it, it can at least, you know, if, if, if we're able to particularly if we're able to intentionally recognize that that is something that helps, you know, (laughs) that that actually helps. And it's not a, you know, it's, it's actually a, a tool rather than simply dismissing it as, as, well, I'm just going to go do something to avoid this, but no, I'm actually going to engage with my body and let my body do what it does. The knowledge that it has, the skills that it has, the ability to guide me that it has to engage in that. And that can be as simple as, going to the store, getting, getting things done that need to be, that need to be done. 
but doing it from that place of awareness matters a lot, it seems to me. Yeah, I was reading something earlier today. I can't remember what it was, but it specifically said um, doing something with your hands. So being able to move into, um, you know, when you're stuck in those spaces of the thinking, um, engaging your hands. Like our hands were are here for a purpose. And um, over the time of being on the planet, they have been huge. Well, yeah. Um, so more than just like being on your computer with your hands, that won't do it. Um, but doing something with your hands that allows you to also then remind you of your body, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too, thinking about, you know, going out and playing some basketball, drib- doing some, you know, dribbling with your hands, like moving, moving your hands, maybe bike riding would fit with that too. There's a little bit of, you know, lots of different choices out there. Um, but that could be another piece to kind of keep top of mind sort of is engaging your hands. I like that. Cause that, that is something that I think is really powerful. I know like for me going to exercise, going to the gym, hands on the weights, you know, or whatever can, can be that way. Even sometimes if I'm really intentional about it, washing the dishes by hand, I really enjoy that in a weird way. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but when I'm really intentional about it, to be there and to, and to focus on the feel of the soap and the water and getting things clean, moving things from one place to another, putting uh, clean dishes away, you know, and, and moving, moving things around in the space, um, you know, it's, I, I actually find it very connecting when I approach it that way as something, you know, otherwise I can do it sometimes, you know, just to avoid something else that I want to be, that I should be doing. But when I'm intentional, I really do like that. I like that idea a lot. Maybe coloring, coloring in a coloring book. Coloring is always a great one. Yeah. But, you know, if you're not moving, if you're not moving much in the day, I would definitely encourage more than just the coloring just to get the body moving. But certainly, yeah, the coloring is, is, very therapeutic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, that I'm always, uh, amazed by and and truly enjoys with all these, you know, the conceptual things we talk about. So many of, so many simple things are available to really help us be connected, stay connected and to kind of move into a better state of flow and more ease. Right. It's, it isn't complicated. Not complicated at all. Nope. There we go. All right. Well, we have we have run through our time, Tony. That's amazing. Once again, it went by fast. So it certainly does. All right. Well, well, that was that was really great. It even gave me some gave me even more things to think about um, or to consider, I should say, rather than think about. Um, but nevertheless, hopefully, it was the same for all of you out there. Hopefully, you got uh, some good stuff out of that. Thank you so much, Tony, for all of that. Thank you to all of you out there for listening, and we will be back next week with another topic on how we can break up with our BS from a number of different directions. Until then, I am JDK Winnikin. And I am Tawny Santabria. And we will see you soon. Keep it simple, everybody. I don't think he felt anything after the crash.